It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. Seven o'clock, Psycho sees Santa's workshop, and only Lee Majors can stop them. In the night, the reindeer die. Be here. You can't show that commercial. That thing looked like a, the, the Manson family Christmas special. Think I'm way off base? Yes, you're, well, you're a tad off base, sir. Frank Cross is more than the youngest network president in television history. Call security. Have them change his locks and toss him out of the building. Oh, he's fired? It's Christmas. Thank you. Call the county. Stop his bonus. Watch out. Ah! He's a thoughtful boss. Thanks, boys. Get the nurse. A generous brother. What did he give you last year? Uh, I don't remember. A shower curtain. Excuse me, ma'am. I think you dropped something here. And a true humanitarian. I can't get the antlers glued onto this little guy. We tried crazy glue. Maybe tried staples. But his life is about to change. That was a good one. You are going to be visited by three ghosts tomorrow at noon. God, tomorrow's bad for me, Lou. As a matter of fact, the whole rest of the week is a washout. Bill Murray. <laughs> Karen Allen. It sounded like you'd seen a ghost. A ghost? John Forsythe. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> Carol Kane. <laughs> Robert Mitchum. I really care. David Johansson. Oh, I'm having the weirdest day! See Bill Murray get Scrooged. Hey, back off, big man. I may work with the chicks, but not with me. Hello, and welcome to the film with Three Brains. This is Sean in Chicago. And this is Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And this is the ghost of Christmas past in San Francisco. All right. That's nice. I was going to say Chicago ho ho ho, but that's, I'm glad. You, oh, yeah. You know, that, that, yeah. That I'm glad worked. I didn't do that because <laughs> that would have been dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been uh, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we are going to talk about a Christmas movie called Scrooged with Bill Murray, directed by Richard Donner from 1988. And um, I mean, it's. It's a, well, it's, it's an adaptation of a Christmas Carol some 200 years ago, but, uh, obviously not the first time it's been adapted, but it is special in that it's a, a comedy adaptation, which, uh, is kind of unusual. And, um, it's obviously in our favorite year, 1988 or one of our favorite <laughs> years. Um, yeah. What's, uh, what, when, when have you guys seen it last? I haven't seen it in a really long time. I've probably seen it more recently than that, but it's been a long time since it's it's been long enough that I forgot a few things. Like when it started, I thought I was watching the wrong movie. I was like, oh, really? yeah, I was like, wait, what the hell is this? I didn't remember that whole opening, and then and then it starts getting crazy. I was like, oh, all oh, right, okay, okay, it's a TV show. <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. It starts with. Lee Majors saving Santa, <laughs> right, Santa right, Claus. The... Right. Like as soon as they show Lee Majors, I was like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Lee Majors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it starts with a few vignettes that are actually TV shows on a fake network called IBC, which is run by Frank Cross, played by Bill Murray. And he is the youngest executive in television. His cutthroat attitude and, you know, just kind of a lonely existence uh, in his big office in some New York building, which we never see from the outside because it's actually all sh shot in LA. So, uh, but it's supposed to be in New York and you know, it's, I think it's, I don't know if it's Christmas Eve or Christmas, the day before Christmas Eve. I guess it's the day before cause they start, I think it starts the day before and then a day before it goes into Christmas Eve and they, they go through the promos and then, he, you know, he shows this horrible, <laughs> uh, dark promo for, their their live um performance of scrooge which they are broadcasting on christmas eve and they want to you know promote the hell out of it and so um i'm i feel like i'm going into a synopsis but i don't want to so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna buck that and um just say that it's yeah obviously it's an adaptation of of ebenezer scrooge and 
Jacob Marley and all that stuff. And those characters show up in the TV show that they're making um, on Christmas Eve. So, yeah, I, I don't really have... I mean, obviously, I picked it because of the season, the th- time of year. Um, I've seen it, mm, I don't know, a handful of times over the years. And um, it's it changes. It changes when I, you know, where I'm at in life, maybe, or something. I mean, at first, first time I saw it, I thought it was nutty and weird and and funny but i wasn't sure you know i didn't get all the jokes and stuff and um as time went on i you know i started gravitating to the more adult themes of work and relationships and stuff like that sure so yeah i don't know what's uh any other first impressions where we start nitpicking away um this is I don't know why, but Scrooge is just one of those movies I've never really gotten into mm-hmm. in terms of like rewatching, especially for a Christmas movie. Like I've always been, I've always been more, uh, I've always preferred Christmas vacation and a Christmas story is two of my favorite Christmas like comedies as opposed to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching it again, I am sort of reminded of why, <laughs> like, it's not that I don't like it. I do. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to dislike Bill Murray in just about anything, particularly a comedy. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. Something doesn't quite sh- work for me for, you know, entirely. I enjoy it. It's funny, but I don't like, I don't love it. Okay. And I feel like maybe because I think, I think what it is is that the writing is, is good, but it's not great. And, mm. but what's great is Bill Murray. So it's like, it's like watching a, a middling Will Ferrell movie. That's not well written, but he's so funny that he kind of carries it anyway. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what Scrooge is. Well, since you mentioned Will Ferrell, should we talk about the, uh, the <laughs> Apple musical called spirited? Yeah. I watched that for just for a moment. I mean, sure. yeah, I know you've seen it. We've, I've seen it. Um, and I guess the the relevance is that it's also funny. It's got Will Ferrell. It's got Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. and also a take on the Christmas, uh, uh, the Scrooge story. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a rework. Where, you know, it's a re. It's a new vision of it, and it's a little. Obviously, it's a musical, so that's way different. But it's also funny, mm-hmm. which is why I wanted to. See, I watched. I watched it, and I enjoyed it. Not you know. I mean, we both talked about the uh, how much how many musical numbers there are in it but yeah the as a premise it's they they kind of have fun with it but i think that scrooged has less of an idea of what it's doing it's yeah. just like mm-hmm. it's reworking it it's funny but it's also very dark yeah you know it's a it's a black comedy turned feel-good movie you know it's mm-hmm. sort of a, a bit of everything but i'm not sure if that's why it's you know, some people don't like it or, I mean, I understand why you wouldn't want to watch it every Christmas or be, because yeah, it's not when you, it comes to mind. It's not, a, it's a wonderful life or something like that where you just, you know, it's kind of a holiday staple. Mm-hmm. It's more like the outlier of, you know, I, maybe I'm into Christmas, but you know, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's mess with stuff here. That's, I don't know. It's, it, it's a little, it's, it's just the humor is a little different because He's trying, yeah, Bill Murray's trying to be funny and a real character. You know, he's trying to be this TV executive that, that puts, you know, everything, everything takes a backseat to, to his career, his, his TV station. I think, I think maybe the part of it too is like the, 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 the sort of the more emotional aspects of the story are kind of given, are are a little shortchanged in, 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 in favor of gags. Hmm. A little bit, you know, so like there's a turning, there's a distinct turning point in his past where he's playing the dog, you know, and they're supposed to go to their friend's house or his brother's house for dinner or whatever, because it's Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, the head of the network just invite us to dinner. And then, and then in that 30 seconds, his entire, his entire relationship falls apart, which had showed no signs or we are not, we're not showing any signs of it. Like, yeah, unraveling at all. And then it just all happens in a 30 second conversation. She's like, maybe we should break up. And you're like, what? Oh, <laughs> just like that. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And he wanders off. You're like, uh, and so it doesn't, you know, it's like, you, you feel like you're supposed to be invested in these characters, but you're, they're not being treated seriously enough to actually be invested in it. Yeah. 
I agree with that. So the comedy loses something too because you're starting to not feel invested in anything. I don't know. I'm I'm sort of like I'm losing my train of thought as I speak. (laughs) No, I'm with you though because I think that she she gets what's going on and he doesn't. Yeah, you know that's why he's supposed to look back on that because he's Mm -hmm. supposed to see the moment where it ended Mm -hmm. and how silly it was because he was. You know, he's dressed up in a dog costume and he's talking about the integrity of the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we, we see as the audience, we're like, oh, well we see how weird it is for him yeah. to, to prioritize that over, you know, these plans they've already made. And yeah. yeah. And then after that, we're never really given a reason why she would still like care, you know, like, uh, thank you. Like still hold him in her heart all these years. And be so willing to like give him another chance, you know. We're yeah. not, we're, there's not really any reason that we we're, we're shown as an audience. Like he mm-hmm. just seems like a total piece of shit, like really <laughs> bad, like really cartoony yeah. piece of shit. To the point where, again, the comedy sort of fails when it doesn't feel real. Hmm. I suppose if that makes any sense. Sam, did you? Does that make sense? Uh, it's like pretty much everything you guys have said are. The exact thoughts. Like, I don't even need to be here. You guys are just <laughs> in my mind. That's like, not true. We're just reaching in no. your brain and yanking it out. Well, you know, it's, I think it's it's kind of interesting because the, the, you know, it just shows how professional we are that we can all <laughs> independently watch a movie and come to the same exact conclusions. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the, this is, you know, for, for people who are so into movies and such massive insiders such as we are, that, that, <laughs> that this sort of stuff is just glaringly wrong. Um, kind of like my yeah. contractor walking through my house being like, oh, who did put that trim on over there and who did that and whatever? And you're like, dude, I never noticed any of these things. <laughs> and it's like, so anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, we are, we are different no, people. So I, go ahead. I'm cutting you off. Uh, well, that's what we have to convince everyone else now, because okay. our thoughts are exactly the same on this one. Um, no, it's, it's so when I, the one thing that you said at the beginning that you said, hey, it's a good movie made with a great performance. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's a pretty mediocre movie with a great performance. Yeah. Like this doesn't break any real boundaries of what you expect from the Scrooge story at all. Like it takes really no chances or no risk. It, it it's it's the story, mm-hmm. period. Yeah, and it's his wit in acting that makes it fun. But that's like you said, that's not enough to hold it all together. And when you're going to have a love story, you have to have a reason why the people love each other and belong together. Yeah, because that's what you're rooting for in every romantic comedy. Yeah, you you all of a sudden realize that these people belong together, and you're when it falls apart, you're like, no, and you want it, and you're like, okay, how's it gonna, how are they gonna fix it? How are they gonna really get together? And this this never had that. Yeah, and it's it's supposed to be a romantic comedy. It's not just supposed to be Scrooged, right? And yeah, so. Well, I yeah, think I think the way they they tried to separate this from any sort of permutation of it is in the ghosts themselves. You know, mm-hmm. I think someone was like, "Oh, what if we did a Christmas Carol?" Uh, you know, but the ghosts are these eccentric weirdos. You know, that it's sort of like the log line. You know, and I guess yeah, that helps. I suppose. I mean, Carol Kane's kind yeah. of funny. Yeah, and yeah, David Johansson's is. pretty funny as the cab driver. <laughs> I like him a lot. Yeah, you know, so again, it's like you have this great cast who are all trying really hard. It's just the script isn't good enough. Yeah. You know, so they I got a question. So they're doing what they can. Go ahead. How how soon before I mean maybe I could look this up too. But this movie's released at the end of nineteen eighty eight, right? I don't know. Sure. And Beetlejuice was the beginning of nineteen eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I kind of, like, there was some musical things and some other little bits. Oh, yeah, did Danny like, Elfman oh. do the music for this? He sure did, yes. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. seemed pretty unmistakable. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, okay, are they taking off some of the quirkiness of of Beetlejuice and infusing it into the ghost and, you know, the kind of the, the, the darker spots, you know, the, the frozen guy? You know, I don't know. It just seemed like... Like there was a little bit of that going on um, that, that yeah. definitely didn't fit with the Lee Majors beginning. Um, 
but anyway, it's just one of those things that, that kind of st- struck out as like, as like, you know, they're going through this, but they really don't know what they want to do. Are they trying to make a quirky movie? Are they trying to make a romantic comedy? Are they just trying to, you know, like, it, yeah. And maybe they're doing all of it, and, but it, and they could have done all of it with maybe just a little more writing and thought into it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that anyone was completely convinced they had nailed it. I know Richard Donner was nervous about it, and Bill Murray didn't even get into it in, until they could rework the script. And he was one. He was the main person who added more of the romantic, the relationship. So my my guess is that the, the the relationship was a too minor a role in the original, and as they were building out that that part of it, you know, per Bill Bill's request, they it it just yeah it it kind of came out of nowhere, which is what kind of what we were saying. Like it just seems to you know seem to turn quickly, and we don't really have any background or what what was the basis of the relationship other than just you know they they bumped into each other and she calls him lumpy, and so I think that's probably it's you know that's probably you can probably see the um, the stitches you know the seam work here because you can see that it wasn't such a big deal and then they realized or at least someone so it was like yeah I, I know that they that Bill Murray worked with um, to the guys from Saturday Night Live um, Mitch Glazer and somebody else I can't remember but you know so they they reworked this stuff and I think and uh, well in addition to of course Bill Murray just ad libbing a lot of stuff. To various... Which is great. Yeah, I love his. I love his humor. You know, it's, it's he's he's got his own brand. I, I yeah. love it. <laughs> so I, I, but I think you're right. I think that that you can you can see where it gets clunky because they you know they did and I guess there's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor. I guess there's some scenes that didn't make it and you know, but the but the um, the the weird thing is at least from from what I read is that the last scene was pretty organic in a way um just that that you know he that richard donner was worried that bill murray was having a breakdown (laughs) and instead of yelling cut he just let it roll and he did this whole that whole basically the whole last scene um was was bill just like going off script and i feel like you can tell too though and and not necessarily in a good way yeah i I don't know know, the ending feels so rambling you're just like oh Oh, my god did did they plan any of this i hate this feels yeah i hate the like the the uh (laughs) the mistletoe thing because it's almost like bill murray forgot oh yeah wait a minute claire (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know he has to kiss this dancer like oh we're having fun christmas eve everything's fun everything's great but then he's like oh yeah but it wasn't there's only been what i don't know he says there's only been one great or whatever i don't know yeah he quickly remembers oh yeah claire yeah, and that that brings it back to that. But I don't know. The be- I, I think I think the best parts of Bill Murray's performance too are are the ones that are more or that are less sort of like frantic and loud. You know. Oh. When when he's yeah. just like too high energy and too you know like my favorite line in the whole movie is um, when they're talking about the woman's nipples. <laughs> and the two crewmen go, oh, you can hardly see him. And he goes, see, they can hardly see him. And believe me, they're him. really looking. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> that was an ad lib by that guy. That oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm forget his name. The other line was the yeah, the ad lib line was, you can hardly see them nipples. <laughs> you can hardly see them nipples. <laughs> and they're really looking. <laughs> I love that line. There's, I mean, there's, all, I mean, we're shitting all over it, but there is, there is a lot to like about it. You know, it's just, it's not great. It's not perfect, no. It's enjoyable. It's not, yeah. For the most part, you know. There are moments that are, that are truly funny. I Well, you said that, you know, like when he's too really loud. Apparently, Richard Donner wanted everything to be, you know, flashier and louder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Murray was worried that he was deaf because he kept saying, <laughs> you know, do things louder. So, I think that, that's yeah. probably, there's a little, you know, um, schizophrenia with, with, or whatever you want to call it, that, you know, that they had a little bit di- different versions of what this movie was. Yeah. Seems like no one's on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they so they waited two years to do this because Bill Murray, um, I didn't really know this before. I, you know, we've talked about Bill Murray when we did Groundhog Day, but we didn't really dwell on this, this por- portion of his career, which is after Ghostbusters, 
he's a big, you know, he's a big name now. Yeah. And he went to Europe. We spent some time in Paris or something. And he, you know, he was getting all this stuff. He was getting all these phone calls, but he wasn't, he didn't know what to do with it. He didn't, you know, wasn't sure what to do next. And he did, yeah, he did that cameo on Little Shop of Horrors. (laughs) Right. Like 86 or something, you know, and he is a quick reference to that. Um, he says like feed me Seymour or something. Anyway, yeah, that that time like seems really interesting to me from his f- for him as a person like Bill Murray as you know as this performer and this this celebrity guy. You know, he's sort of figuring out what he, what's what is he doing. And so he picked this because he liked he liked the idea of trying to make Scrooge a funny story or a Christmas Carol into something funny. Yeah, you know, with varied success but i mean that this is what he wanted to do and you know and he was he got a, paid pretty well for it and he that, it's just like this moment in his career where he could kind of do anything and it's almost like he wasn't sure what to do you know because he could do anything yeah and you know yeah, it's interesting yeah. you say that because i was just sort of looking through his filmography from like kind of the early 80s on through the the mid 90s you know his his role choice is interesting not always, you know, like he's in Tootsie, which is a fantastic fucking movie as a smallish mm-hmm. part, you know, yeah, he's but, good you know, he, you know, and, um, Ghostbusters, of course. And then he does the razor's edge, which no one's seen myself I, included. I've seen part of it when I was a kid and I was so confused. I was like, is this the same guy? <laughs> right. This? Right. Cause it's completely straight. It's a straight drama. Yeah. Like a wartime drama. Yeah, and he does Quick Change and What About Bob, which are, you know, and then Groundhog Day, but then like Mad Dog and Glory, which is a little outside his normal wheelhouse. He does Ed Wood, you know, but then back mm-hmm. to Kingpin, which, you know, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it looks like he's kind of feeling his weight. I mean, he's in Wild Things. Why the oh. fuck is he in Wild Things? You know? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little later in 1998, <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting seeing him. It's like you can almost see his brain, like, thinking, well, I'll try this. I'll right. try this. And then I'll go back to my bread and butter. And then I'll try this, you know, and then I'll do a, a goofball comedy and then I'll do this, you know, like it's interesting. Yeah. And then it, you know, he, he really starts to sort of spread out in the late nineties and then through the two thousands, I think where he starts and then he starts doing, you know, Wes Anderson films and lost in translation of course was huge for him, you know, sort of being treated as a real actor or a serious mm-hmm. actor. Yeah. Richard Donner, who calls him Billy, says that Billy, you know, became an actor in that final. He, I saw Billy become an actor, something like something along those lines. That he saw, he thinks that that final scene, which they shot last in in sequence, I believe, mm-hmm. that that's kind of when Bill Murray became yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah. More of, I mean, that's that's Richard Donner's take. I sure. don't know if I agree with that, but I see what he's saying because I forgot that he. So, <laughs> David Johansson as Christmas past, you know, kind of tells him, "Oh, you're gonna see your, you see your mother in Niagara Falls," you know, and yeah, and then he actually squeezes out some tears in that scene, which I had forgotten. Like I thought that mm-hmm. that was that that was like they totally dismissed that, but it was oh no, he did feel something, and then he just dismissed, you know, he just pretended not to. <laughs> I was moved by the gift, you know, <laughs> five pounds of veal, and I don't know whatever he says, but. Yeah. So he's avoiding the, he's avoiding being, you know, vulnerable as a character, but, but also the actor, like he's, you know, I don't remember him being like that in any other movie before that. Yeah. Although there's not a a lot to pick from, but but yeah, he's he's totally unserious as Peter Venkman. Yeah. Right. But he, again, like, again, just to reiterate, like for me, Bill Murray's best when he's being sort of um restrained you know when he's hmm. you know like my fa- my favorite line in, in ghostbusters is when they're in the elevator and they and they said well we shouldn't worry and he goes well why worry we're all just wearing unlicensed nuclear accelerators on our backs that is my <laughs> to me that's the funniest line in the whole fucking movie it just kills me and it's so he's just so deadpan you know yeah and he's not like that in scrooge very often you know, it's few and far between. It's far. It's yeah. like his performance. I was watching and thinking, this is like, this is like a Jim Carrey film. 
you yeah, know, bef- it before, is like that. you know, before Jim Carrey even started acting, you know, when he was just all loud and in your face, you know, that's this, I was like Jim Carrey in early in his career would have starred in this, you know, and, and played it similarly. Yeah. And it just didn't, for me, just is, doesn't work from Bill Murray. Like, it's just not what I expect from him, want from him. It's just not what he does well. You know, or, 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 or even Will Ferrell, like who's, you know, most of his comedy is pretty fucking broad, you know, often loud <laughs> and he does it well. Yeah. I'd be curious to see a remake of the same script, everything exactly the same, just Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's not really explained why he's so like, he's basically a performer. He's, I mean, well, he, d- he is a performer on a TV show when he does mm-hmm. Frisbee the dog. So we we know he's he is he has been in a perform in a performing role, but then he just becomes this television executive because he knows the boss. Yeah, from that scene you mentioned when he you know he has this choice to make between the relationship and the job. Yeah, and then the, yeah, we just you know he he just inherits this. Yeah, this there's TV no, empire. Yeah, there's no real there's no real connective tissue there, huh? I never really thought about it. Like, well, how does he go? Like, how yeah, does I mean, he go from being a guy in a suit on a kids show? Yeah. To being like the head of the network or like second in command of the network. Right. They don't, they don't even try to explain it. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, maybe. Uh, yeah. That's not the point though. I know. I know it's not the point. Yeah. Maybe that he, he's like, he's, he can be, he's always funny, but usually he's funny mean, but he can be funny, funny. Like when he, you know, when he's motivated to, like when he wants to, when, you know, when he's flirting with Claire, He's just funny and nice kind of thing. Yeah. Then he puts that side of himself out. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, I think we're supposed to think that he, his, he gets hardened because of the job because, uh, over time, you know, yeah. being by himself, all that stuff. He's like, Oh, being alone is like, you know, he's, so he, he sees it as, as part of the job almost. Yeah. Like that he has to be this ruthless person because he needs ratings because he needs, Right. You know, this to succeed more than he needs friends or anything else. Yeah. Hey, he's just, he's just such a dick though, too. It's like, I, yeah. I, 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 it's rare when I see a movie where the main character is, is such an unconscionable dick and I don't, and it, it and like, it's, it's so hard to root for them. Just don't yeah. like it. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's like even that, you know, that, um, the, the thing I liked about the, the, um, spirited one is that Ryan Reynolds is our, you know, our Scrooge. And yeah, he's got, there's things about him that are, that are bad, but he's charming and likable despite that. Right. For the most part. So it's easy to sort of root for him. You're like, all right, well, here's this guy who had his core is probably pretty decent. Just he's wayward, you know, and it'd be nice to see him get back on the track or something, you know, but with the way Bill Murray plays the character, he's just so, so like, blindly evil <laughs> you know <laughs> the joy he takes in firing a guy on christmas eve is just ridiculous you know it's not right. funny it's just like mean-spirited you know i don't like mean-spirited yeah but i mean he has to be he has to be unlikable i don't think he has to be entirely it's entirely unlikable oh <laughs> well, I, I guess i mean that's that's the the problem with this whole premise of a Christmas Carol is that this, yeah, they say what irredeemable, unredeemable or irredeemable, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But these people that, you know, are, are almost pure evil have to become good. Yeah. And it's too much of a character arc to yeah. really, to really work. Well, I mean, yeah, the problem with it. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Because in this, he starts out good and then he turns evil and then he gets good again. I mean, in the original story, we don't know anything about Ebenezer right. Scrooge's backstory. We just know he's an old shitty dude right you know who sucks yeah the reason it works in care in groundhog day is because he has an eternity to to make that change <laughs> yeah so yeah and he's not even that bad in groundhog day to begin with he's just like he's, he's unhappy yeah and you know people people who are very unhappy are just like who are miserable just you know they create like this negative energy around them and they can't help but be kind of shitty to people and that's yeah. what groundhog day does well because He's not entirely unlikable. He's just unhappy for whatever reason. In this, he's just like, he's just so mean. It's, you know, some of the comedy falls flat when, when the character is just so fucking mean. 
you know, <laughs> and there's not really any reason for it exactly. It's just because the writers needed him to be right. You know, the story needed him to be mean. Yeah, so he gives his right. assistant and his brother a towel instead of a VCR for a bonus. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't know. When it's probably a write-off and it wouldn't really matter anyway, he could have given him right. all VCRs. And it's not his money. It's not know. his money anyway. Right. Yeah. Oh, I guess it could. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's gifts from him, not like the company. I suppose it probably is his money. But not like the bonus for the He's like, oh, thanks for reminding me. Cancel the bonus. Like, all right. Dude, but yeah, <laughs> but his assistant, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So if you have a, a really mean person who's going to have the arc of becoming a nicer person, then you don't need the love interest because there's no reason a really sweet woman should have any interest right. in being in love yeah. with a really mean person. Mm -hmm. You don't need, you can't have both. Yeah. yeah. You know. I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's a little weird, but I think the reason... I like it or the reason what does work about it is that he it his relationship is tied to his humanity. I feel like that kind of makes sense for me. Like it's like she represents his soul that he's trying yeah, to save kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. Like from a storytelling like perspective, yeah. I mean that that makes sense. It works. But yeah, I don't know why she would like him. Yeah. Unless he was a slightly different person when he was younger, which he is. Yeah, because he's like not they, mean. Like when he's in right, the, when they meet, he's nice. Yeah. Right, he's nice then. The Christmas party, he's nice then. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's distracted and, you know, he's he's still working during the Christmas party. So we we see that he's he's you know has blinders on, but but he's not mean to anybody. He doesn't seem like the same person yet. Then, I feel right. I feel like it's supposed to, the the idea is that the power and the money corrupted him. Sure, I would say that. Yeah. Well, they should have showed it. Yeah. Yeah. Show it on tell. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I like Carol Kane. I like David Johansson. I like the I, I, Bobcat Goldthwait, even though his character is his, his thing is pretty ridiculous. Like the, he can't seem to hang on to a bottle of liquor <laughs> when he wants to, but he's funny. I mean, come on. Yeah. He's funny. <laughs> It's also, it's kind of weird. I was just looking at Richard Donner's filmography. Um, no, I guess he made other comedies. He made a few comedies. He made The Toy. That was pretty funny. Yeah. And of course, The Goonies, which I love. Yeah. It just, it seems, it seems like he was ill-suited for this. For whatever reason, you know, like yeah. you're saying, him and Bill Murray butted heads. It seems like some of the creative decisions went in going in this film weren't really, I don't know, well thought out or the right ones. You know, like I read the thing that said Bill Murray said none of the takes except for maybe one or his. You know, oh. they were all directed by Richard Donner. Or like, you know, they were all notes to him about how to play something. Nothing was his own. Hmm. You know, he said that they had a pretty good script or they had, a, he said a great script. And then Richard Donner just like, just didn't get it or something. And he just kept asking him to do these things. Like you said, louder, you know, yeah. I, I'm curious how this would have turned out with a different director. Yeah. You know, someone, I don't know, you know, someone like Ivan Reitman or someone, you know, or, or even, uh, what's his name? Egon. Oh, uh, Harold Ramis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It had been a very different movie. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, um, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a two sidedness of, cause every, everybody else is so sweet, you know, like his assistant and, and her family is real sweet and you, yeah. you got the little, you know, her mute son, who's the tiny Tim and, it's it's a little heavy handed, obviously, but um, but yeah, there's not, like there's not real any there's no edge to anybody else, except for maybe the guy that's kind of coming after his job, um, whatever his name is. Right. Yeah. Um, it? John Glover. I don't remember his character's name. Yeah, I mean, he's as close as we get to a villain, really. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed pretty unnecessary overall. What do you think of that 
so the, so the the very end is is real madcap stuff with Bobcat still with his shotgun takes control <laughs> yeah. of the control room, yeah, and which allows this sort of transformation to happen live on air, you know. So so uh, Frank Cross shows up and cuts into the middle of the broadcast and and because Bobcat's there with the shotgun they, they have to keep rolling and and um his boss is trying to call the studio and and get him fired right away and stuff and um and it's kind of goofy yeah because the shotgun goes off which I, is kind of a funny uh beat there but you know it's it's um there's something about that the way that scene is so different from the rest of the movie is both good and bad. You know, like I, I feel like it's, it's trying to redeem it and it's trying to, you know, bring everybody into this moment. Like, okay, let's, let's feel this Christmas spirit of this, even though we've, you know, nobody else knows what the hell he's off his meds or something. They don't really know what happened to him at all. They just know suddenly he's, he's this nice person or, you know, he said, he seems, he's saying all these nice things and he's, you know, he's filled with the the spirit of Christmas. I mean, I've always wondered why there's really, it's really, this is a secular kind of story. This is not like, there's no mention of Santa Claus, I guess, in the, except for the beginning, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's about Christmas spirit more than Christmas itself. Yeah. It's certainly not about Jesus or any of that stuff. It's like, right. you know, the it's, and I guess that goes back to the, the source material. Like, I don't think Dickens wanted to talk about, baby Jesus either. And you wanted to say, you know, what, what Christmas means to people or what, you know, what goodwill means or stuff like that. At least that's how I, that's how I saw it. But yeah, no, I agree. And I'm glad for that because I don't think, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not denominational. It's not like we, you know, we're talking about, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I like that. That it's, it's it. The spirit is still the Dickens stuff. You yeah. Because I mean, I don't know. Does the original work in the same way? I mean, the original story. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea of getting seeing ghosts and then going, oh, I got to change my life. You know. <laughs> right. Well, it's not the it's not the seeing the ghosts. It's what the ghosts show you. Right. It's sort of like it's a wonderful life. It's yeah, very much a wonderful life. You know, re-examining your past, you know, seeing seeing the present in a new light, and then seeing what's going to happen if you don't change. Right. Seems maybe the possibly the most efficient way of convincing someone to change. I suppose. <laughs> right. But Near in, death uh, experience. <laughs> what's that? Near death experience. It's yeah. people that change. Sure. Sometimes. Is there a near death experience in the it's, it's a Wonderful Life? Well, he's gonna off himself. He's on the bridge. I guess that's yeah. the moment. Hmm. Hmm. He says. Well, I'm just. <laughs> I mean, I'll keep. You know, I'll, you me. I'll just keep yapping until you guys shut me up. But <laughs> I mean, I, I I really think that that's the. The basis of the like the whole idea of the movie is that somebody can just review or take take stock of their situation and then become dedicated to the idea that they're going they're not going to do that anymore or they're going to see things in a different light. And I get that as a as a character as a concept that's fine, but like it's a wonderful life. He's already a nice person. He's already a good you know like he's already got his family. He just has to kind of change his outlook. He has to recognize that he, you know, in, the, in it's a wonderful life. He, he doesn't need to change exactly. He just needs to recognize what he already is or what he already has. Yeah. yeah. So there's less yeah. of a, yeah, maybe I am questioning if it's impossible, if it's possible. Uh, yeah. Isn't that like, I'll go, yeah, I'll, why not? <laughs> <laughs> just to argue, just to argue. But I mean, isn't that the whole thing for anybody who has any addiction? Like that's, I mean, yeah, but you addictions don't count are being personality. Well, I'm saying that that's that's yeah, that's over time. You know, things you you change, you you commit to that 
I mean, well, yeah. So, well, so even Ebenezer Scrooge, like you don't, he's really happy on Christmas day. Do we see him a year later or 10 years later? Probably not. You know, does he backslide into doing some of the same things? I would think probably. Yeah. Well, in my short lifespan, I've seen it both ways. Hmm. After near death experiences. Oh, okay. I've seen people who, who changed and then slowly over a course of a few years went back to how they were. And I've seen people who changed and I've seen people who didn't change at all. So you think so, that, that it, it's, they're both are possible. Yeah. I sure. mean, anybody can change if they want to change. I mean, that's like the take home message for so many movies. You have to actually want to do it. Right. Yeah, so maybe it's just the conversion part that's that's a little weak. It's I'm working on being meaner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get in touch with your inner Grinch. Yeah. Nice. Ah, it's like keep doing that at work all the time. Just, ah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the season. Yeah. It is. You don't yeah. say bah humbug any other time of the season, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I say it all the time. I even know what humbug means. I should have looked that up for this episode. <laughs> I like Bobcat Goldthwait. I'd like to see him in a movie. Just because for a moment in time, he was like one of the iconic comics who had just this, you know, his style, the, the, the yelling. We, we, we got the other yelling comic just a few episodes ago, Sam Kinison. Yeah. Who was almost in this movie. Yeah. As the taxi driver, um, which would yeah, have been weird. weird to have both of those guys in the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, I thought I thought that was fun. Uh, yeah, because I, I mean, he was the kind of a villain in Police Academy Two, I believe, but I <laughs> <yeah. laughs> didn't do much for his career. <laughs> I saw him doing stand up a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. He started out, he's like, okay, how many people thought I was dead? <laughs> <laughs> and apparently a lot of people have thought he was dead. Uh -huh. And he's like, and he said partly because he was the other yelling comic and everyone knows the other yelling comic died, you know, in the 1980s. <laughs> uh, but he said his, his wife tried to get him a Hollywood star and it called the... And they're like, oh, no, I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, I have to transfer you to so-and-so because I only, I take, uh, he takes care of the stars for the deceased. <laughs> she was like, the deceased? He's like, oh, yes, ma'am. He died a long time ago. <laughs> so he's got this great bit about his wife trying to convince us. She's like, you know, and then as soon as he's like, no, I'm married to him. He's like, right, you are. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Anyway, that's, that's cool. good. That's great. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen his stand-up act. I liked it. It was good. He told stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, he's the colorful character. He's obviously the most directly. Yeah, he. You know, his story is kind of silly. My nitpick with his uh, his shtick is that if he gets that first bottle, and then you know a. a car goes by and gets him all wet and immediately the bottom drops out of the bag you know <laughs> so the bottle drop, falls through like uh come on the well it did get bags, wet it got wet but they don't soak that fast and then just fall you know come on i guess it's a very it's a minor, minor one it's a it's the gag works fine but and then he goes to him and gives blood right away which is <laughs> odd like okay so he if you want to piece together his story, it's he gets fired, he goes home, and let's see. Yeah, I can't, I can't seem to get drunk somehow, and then he can't, and then he <laughs> sells some blood, and then he comes back with it. She finds a shotgun or something, and he says that his wife has left, left him and taken his baby daughter. So he's going to go kill Frank Cross. Yeah, which I have no problem with. You know, like that. You know, guy guy fires you suddenly for no good reason on christmas eve yeah i could see going a little crazy and getting a shotgun and you know so 
<laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how else to frame that other than like it's good comic relief. And well, I it definitely he plays off of that with, um, you know, at, see, he sees the the ghost of Christmas future. And then the first person he sees is is Bobcat, you know, whatever his name is. And then he and then he kisses him and says, give you know, give him a raise and all this stuff. And so you feel really happy for him. But I guess it's mainly just comedic to watch him, you know, in the gutter. And I guess no one has anything <laughs> else to say about Bobcat because uh, everyone's going quiet. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> He's got a quote. He's, He's got, got a, quote? a quote, not from the movie, but <laughs> one of his quotes that like he's like, it's like I lost my job. It's like, well, I know where it is, but some other guy's doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of double ups in this movie. Yeah, like pretty much everybody. Pretty much everybody. Still, yeah. Pretty much everybody. Even the director. Um, the director. Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk. The cinematographer. Oh, yeah? Who's that? From a bunch of stuff. Um, was it Michael Chapman or something? Hmm. Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. Um, shoot, what was the one that was obscure? Is it Carol Kane? We did not. Yeah. Carol Kane from... <laughs> shoot, I'm blanking. She's Billy Crystal's partner. Oh, the Princess Bride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, Mary dude. Ellen Trainer. Mary the, Ellen uh, Trainer. Yeah. From Die Hard. The uncredited rewrite. Who? Well, uncredited in the in the in the in the uh, you know uh, you know the credits. But Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray said the 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 real rewrite that made the movie work was Elaine May, who wrote Ishtar. Oh, oh, as cool! Well, as well as other things. Nice. Uh, did we mention David Johansson? Not yet. Doing the same exact role, almost. I mean, not as a ghost, but as a cab driver. A cab driver from <laughs> uh, Let It Ride. Yep. Yeah. It's a really obscure double up. Yeah. Of that's the, the gun that Lee Majors is holding. <laughs> oh, that's not what it's... Is the that from gun. Predator? Yeah. It's is that true? That's the gun yeah, from it is. No way. <laughs> that's funny. That's great. Yes. Oh, I didn't know this before, but Bill Murray turned down Rain Man and Rain Man Big and Cocktail. Yeah, that's and all cocktail? And Cocktail? Yeah. Well, fucking fool. <laughs> I can't yeah. see him in Cocktail. I don't see him in Cocktail either. That's nuts. I could see him doing Rain Man. Yeah, I could see that yeah. or Big. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that him and, you know, Karen Allen, who I, I really enjoyed in this, she seemed like she was having a great time the whole time, mm-hmm. and sure. Bill Murray, both, um, you know, both took significant time off from the movies. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, she and, was gone. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. You know, it was must be weird to all of a sudden be i don't, I don't know I'd, I'd like to hear more about that if we could Hers get was longer, from right? yeah hey, if we get him yeah but she's to step in... away like to be all of a sudden yeah. at the way top and just be like hmm, i'm going to france which was what bill mary did or her which she left and then she did some small stuff off screen on broadway and then came back oh, nice. kind of interesting Uh, I'm assuming, yeah, Brian Doyle Murray is a double up from Groundhog Day, his brother, one mm-hmm. of his brothers. Like three of his brothers are in Scrooged. Right. The other Brian, two are the younger ones. Right, they're both at the party when they do Well, the, one of them is his actual, bro- plays his brother, is his actual younger brother. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is like a guest at the Christmas party. I knew that guy wasn't acting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm. that's uh I think that's most uh I there's one obscure one that I'm trying to remember and I, I'm blanking on it. Is it Mary Lou Retton? 
No, is she in something else? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was kidding. Um. Oh, Robert Mitchum. Maybe it's him. Is he in? Have we done anything with it? What the hell is he doing in this movie anyway? How'd they get Robert Mitchum? Apparently, Bill Murray talked him, talked him into it. <laughs> he like wasn't gonna do it, and then he, Bill met with him and just charmed the hell out of him. And, and you know, oh, they, he's the narrator in Tombstone. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one yeah. I was trying to think of. Thank you. He's the narrator in Tombstone. <laughs> Robert Mitchum. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel complete. Oh, wait. Didn't we... Did we do the Trouble with Harry? What's the no. Hitchcock film we did? That was a comedy. No, Family We did Affair. Family Plot. Oh, Family Plot. plot. Right, That's okay. It. I was getting confused because John Forsythe's in Trouble with Harry. Uh, who plays yeah. the uh, gross dude? I thought Michael Pollard would have been a double up. He's the yeah. He's the guy that freezes to death. Yeah, which, yeah. But yeah, he's not. Um, well, until we do Tango and Cash or Roxanne. <laughs> yes. Or Tango Please, and Cash. Let's do Roxanne first. Or Tango and Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you'll have to break that tie. I guess Roxanne's pretty. I'm good. not picking. I like Roxanne. Worms. <laughs> Straight up worms. There's a lot of good quotes in that movie. Yeah. I think it's crazy that Bill, Mar Bill Murray and Steve Martin only been in one movie together and they shared the screen for like five minutes in the little shop of horrors. That is nuts. And they weren't on Saturday Night Live at the same time or were they, was there uh, some overlap well, Steve there? Martin only ever hosted. He was never in the cast. He wasn't at all? Oh, no. boy. I would have got that wrong on trivia. I thought that when he was doing, <laughs> I thought he was, he's part of the, Part of the cast. Uh, no. So he probably hosted when Bill Murray was on it. Because he was on for a few yeah. years, wasn't he? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he hosted later. I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I know Bill Murray was still doing when they did the cheeseburger, cheeseburger, you <laughs> yeah. know. And that was after Martin was a fixture. Hmm. So, yeah. But you're right. They Like, they seemed, they would have kind of be good together. Yeah. You'd think, right? I would. Yeah, well. Hmm. Yeah, there's solid gold dancers in this movie. I don't know why it's important that that's this is their last appearance. It is. Did you guys ever watch Solid Gold? Sure. You remember that? Yeah. It's like Andy Murray or, or wait, not Murray. What's his last? Um, the Bee Gees. Yeah. Andy the Gibb. The, Andy Gibb. He was he was hosting it in Solid Gold Dancers and. Yeah. Yeah. If that was a fixture of our childhood. So, yeah. So kids, before you, there Soul was Train. Like, the voice and the, yeah, Soul Train was <laughs> American Bandstand. Mm, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, we had, we had music shows, but they were more staged and less, yeah, it was before reality <laughs> TV. So yeah. it wasn't really about real people. Reality didn't even exist before that. <laughs> we didn't need reality then. <laughs> we had enough of it. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I definitely had nostalgia for that, but I, like the dancing and the, the whole production of the, <laughs> it always, I, I, I always think about like the show itself in this movie, like it does look like dog shit. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess that's kind of the, the point though, right? They're like, we spent $40 million on this, which in 1988 is like, is like 40 billion. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Where'd all that money go? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and who, I mean, is this a thing that, like, who would watch TV on Christmas Eve? I don't yeah. think that's a thing, is it? I don't know. Christmas Day, I think, was more of a thing. I remember watching yeah. TV on Christmas Day. Sure. And I think, what, Jamie Farr of MASH, is he has a bit part, I think he plays Jacob Marley in the yeah. show He's in like, the show. Yeah. There's Miles Davis in this movie. And there's Miles Davis, bringing it back to the jazz we did recently. Mm -hmm. Did you know it was Miles Davis before... You read that? No, I didn't read it. I didn't recognize any of them. Buddy Hackett's in it? Buddy Hackett's plays Scrooge. Yeah, because he, he kind of, <laughs> he gives Miles Davis some shit. He's like, oh, yeah, 
Why don't you rip, rip off another song? I don't know what he says, but learn, learn another song or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you reminded me, I don't know why this reminded me, but the scene where he throws the water on the, the burning waiter who's not actually on fire. Yeah. He says, I'm sorry, I thought you were Richard Pryor. I totally, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I didn't get it at all. I completely forgot about that whole what? thing. And I said to my wife, I said, what the fuck does that mean? And she goes, don't you remember when Richard Pryor set himself on fire? I was like, holy shit. I totally forgot. I forgot that whole episode ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I and then afterwards, I was like, damn, that's mean. <laughs> I thought you were Richard Pryor. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if any of our listeners... Uh, know what that what that is but it was like 1980 or something richard pryor had a pretty bad crack habit and was running down the street one day high on crack and booze and set himself on fire (laughs) indeed it was a big deal for a while there (laughs) yeah he tells that story i think at the live at sunset is the one where he uh tells it at the end and he lights a match (laughs) and he's making it run down the street as the one of the final jokes. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's a little cameo by Robert Goulet as John Houseman, who apparently passed after after making this movie. Um, speaking of, you know, somber things, uh, I have to apologize for my little faux pas of. Uh, doing shoot to kill recently <laughs> because yeah. uh, Christy Alley is no longer with us, so that's on me. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. She she will be missed. We just talked about so many people that someone screwed. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, right. but I mean, but right after. Why do we, Why does it always seem like it's right after we talk about? It? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like well, my next pick's going to have episode, someone who's too. already dead in it. So, Ooh. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> I'm well, dodging that. Let's quickly talk about, is there a sequel? Could there be a sequel? Do we care about sequels? You don't need a sequel. This remakes. I mean, yeah, it's a remake of a remake. It doesn't really matter. And You know they'll do it again. Just they will get another Scrooge story. Every couple of years, they do another one. They did one this year, so we'll have to wait a couple more. And do you think that we, when we saw it as young people, that was too early or fine or what? What's the, what's uh, the age range? Movie. I thought it was pretty great when we were kids. Yeah. Carol Kane kicking the shit out of him. That was, that was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you guys see that she pulled his lips so hard that they didn't film for two days because he like she <laughs> tore it all up? <laughs> yeah. Nice. That seems like it would hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. Bill Murray says that he was, you know, this was pretty, this is a pretty rough experience for him. But I think the main takeaway was that he didn't know, he, you know, like, he's in every scene. So you're going to always be on the call sheet. You're going to, you know, yeah. you be working your ass off while these cameos and all this other stuff is happening. But, you know, it's you every day. Yeah. So it's pretty impressive that he you know, brought, brought it every day, you know? Yeah. And what, and I'm, I'm still like, I, I'm still curious about the other takes of, I'm assuming there's other takes of the, of the very final scene, because, you know, apparently the, 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 the crew, everyone was applauding him and Richard Donner was kind of like, is we going to keep this or not? He wasn't even sure he was going to keep it, but I would love to know what, like the, what the real lines were there and, he did, I think Richard, uh, some of them said like the hardest part was writing that, that very final part, which makes sense to me. Cause it's, it's hard to like write this sincere dialogue after all this other shit that came before it, you know, yeah. make, make a complete 180 and then just like be sincere all of a sudden and talk about doing things for other people. And so I, I, I guess what I'm saying is. I really would like to know if this movie would have flopped if if Bill Murray hadn't kind of gone off script and, and done what he did. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right, well, yeah. Mm. 
That's... We'll just leave that question for the ages. Because I want to know right. what we're doing next. What are we doing next? Uh, I already told you that we're having a double up of someone who's deceased. Yes. That's the main actor, one of the main actors. The director is also a double up. And I picked a year that's one of our least, two least year used years. Hmm. Our two least used years. And okay. Surprisingly, that year is 1991. Hmm. Oh, that is surprising. Was the other one 1975? I want to say it was. It was, one, I feel it was like, 75 or 76. I think like Love and Death. And, I don't remember much from yeah. 75. Yeah. Me neither. Because we were one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a double up. So deceased. actually, no, I, 75, no? we've done f- five, uh, one, two, three, four, five from. We did Race with the Devil, One Flew oh. Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Love and Death, Hearts of the West, oh, and Hard Times. Again. We only did two. I've done, I've done three of those. 1976. <laughs> well, you did, I think, both I 76 think films, too. Family Plot and Missouri Breaks. Dang. So I was going to do a 76 movie, but then this movie is available on HBO, and it's from 1991. Hmm. And I was like, it's a director who has done one of my favorite movies, but this isn't a different movie, um, <laughs> who's also done one of Cohen's favorite movies because he, well, he picked it at least from way back when. Hmm. And... Um, then the other main actor in it is also a double up who, uh, oh, wait, was he in? Let's just see. This will give it away if he's, he's in what I thought he was in. You guys just can't wait, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to fit all this information together right? so a lot going he on was here. in hearts of the west what yes oh, i knew it crap. was right okay there we go and he's uh, uh, 91 who's, who's one of the main guys in hearts of the west jeff, jeff bridges yep okay 91 was 91 like blown away or something or nope be a weird pick. Tucker, um, a man in his dream. Nope. All right. The director when, is the when, same when, director. When, when did wait? When did Big Lebowski come out? Later. Ninety-eight. Later. Oh. Yeah. Oh, much later. Shit. Yeah. It's set uh, ninety-one though. Oh, that's it. That's why I was thinking that. <laughs> it's not because I'm a moron. <laughs> Just about the time of our trouble with Saddam and the Iraqis. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jeffrey. Okay, I feel like I should know this for sure. All right, you want it? the next giveaway hint? Sure. Is it Starman? No, it's not. <laughs> that was earlier, actually. I think. Yeah, it's an 80s. What's the next hint? Damn it! What is this? The next hint is the director did your nineteen eighty one pick. That had Sean Connery in it. What? what the hell? <laughs> Who's 1981 pick? Yours. Yours. Me? Yeah. I mean, it also had John Cleese and Shelley Duvall. Oh. <laughs> oh, are you talking about The Fisher King? Yep. Wait, huh. we, haven't, we haven't done that movie. We haven't I, done the Fisher King. No, he's no, saying same director. That's <laughs> the movie time I'm bandits. picking. Time Bandits. Like, I'm oh, going right. off a of Time oh, Bandits. Sean Connery, Shelley Duvall. Oh, okay, I got it. Time Catch Bandits, up. yeah. Terry Gilliam. <laughs> Terry Gilliam. Connect those yes. dots. Who my favorite movie from him is 12 Monkeys. Huh. It's a good one. Okay. We are King. doing the Fisher King. Okay. Yes. I do not. I do not remember this movie well. Good pick. Good. Well, <laughs> yes. I remember one thing about it, but I'm going to save it for next time. Good. Because I don't remember anything except that Robin Williams is in it and Jeff Bridges. That's done by Terry Gilliam. And Mercedes Rule. 
And it's on HBO Max. Oh, that's nice. good. All right. That's always well, handy. Well, cool. My own. Okay. Well, uh, I, I guess we could wish people good holiday tidings or whatever the hell. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever the hell. <laughs> yeah. Kind of... <laughs> Undercover, what I say. Scrooge you! <laughs> well, if you want to say bow humbug, you could do that as well. If you want to let us know how things are going <laughs> at thefilmwithfreebrains at gmail.com. Yeah. I always wondered if, if we could have like a, a you know, a, one of those call-in lines, but then somebody <laughs> has to check the one. <laughs> I don't think we have the budget for that. <laughs> or the fan base. Fan base. We need a jingle for the email address. Uh, that, that'll get them going. Yeah. So they remember it. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right, I'll work maybe, on that. Maybe we can crib Ernie von Schladehorn's uh, jingle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after after you uh, pointed that out, I, was, I, was, I, I got it. My nominee falls. You know? <laughs> yep. like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sold a lot of cars. Yeah. All right. All right, I'm out of here. Bye. Oh, but you're going to ditch out before we just point out the, the minor obvious fact that this was maybe the best we've had, best review. I guess you did. <laughs> Ultimate. <laughs> He's out. <laughs> All right, well, well, see you. For those of us left, thanks for listening. See you next time. Sweet. That's the film with your brains. Grace!